This episode of the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce is brought to you by Inked and Geeked. Come on out and see us. You can party with the Inked and Geek girls at the official after parties. Also, there's going to be four days of nonstop tattooing, art, and cosplay. Over $500 in cash prizes and awards for cosplay contests. Also, Geek Goddesses, Burlesque Show with special guests and host Gothic Sushi will be there. Miss Comics and Miss Tattoo Fest Beauty Pageant on Sunday. Also, there'll be tattoo contests and awards. Celebrity horror film guests like Tony Mora, Jay LaRose, John Dugan, Robert Lasardo appearing in films such as Chainsaw Massacre, Halloween, Human Centipede 3, and Saw. And artists from hit TV shows like Sci-Fi's Face Off and Ink Masters. And the pro wrestler Golden Links himself, Lince Dorado from the WWE. Also, the be comic and tattoo vendors and photo ops with guests and more. Also appearing Geeked and Ink Girls, Brie Bangarang, Brianna Blackfire, Bailey Bay Cosplay, Daisy Chang Cosplay, Emily Ostrom, Ivy Cosplay, Little Ludus, Murder Doll Ivy, Rage Cosplay, Siren Croft Cosplay, Sushi Yvette, and your host, Gothic Sushi herself, Maria Saber. And that's all going down March 16th through the 19th, 2017 at the Bradington Area Convention Center. And don't forget to tell them that the Happy, Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce sent ya. Grove Roots Brewing Company, the official beer sponsor of the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce. Find them in downtown Winter Haven, Florida. They're also on Facebook.com forward slash Grove Roots Brewing and GroveRoots.com. Don't forget the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce in Hello, Internet. Yeah, we back in the fact. Don't know you had a long day, but let us inject. Sit back, relax, and have some cold beer. Gotta pay a few bills. Yeah, we're all clear. And let's do so on the loose. You know the tag team champion. We get the biggest pop when we hit the ramp. The outlaws of the new age. And we still got love for the retro ways. You know, Nintendo. Sega Genesis, so many systems, your dreamcast and reminisce. So pull back the curtain and hit the booth, cause it's the happy hour podcast with Johnny and Duke. Yeah. Hello, internets. My name is Johnny Womack, and of course, Deuce. Is usually here, but he actually is uh, MIA. He is in the under the weather right now. And so in replacement, we have the founder of Grapple Maniacs on Facebook. We have Sean Cook. Welcome hey, back. Hey, Johnny. Hey. Uh, thanks for having me. Sorry that Deuce is sick, but things happen. Yeah, but you're, you're happy to be here because we have uh, on the line, we have the amazing, you've seen him on 205 Live. You've seen him on Raw. You've seen him on the Cruiserweight Classic. He is the Golden Lynx. The Sultan of the Shooting Star Press, we have uh, Lindsay Dorado. Welcome to the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce. Hell yeah, what a great introduction. Thank you guys for having me press. I'm not saying I have the best one, but I have one of the best ones. And I'm excited to be on one of the best podcasts out there. Let's get this rolling. Yes, sir. We Absolutely. appreciate the kind words. Uh, Sean and I and Deuce, we've all been watching wrestling since we were like in diapers, essentially. Uh, and I wanted to ask you, who who were some of your influ- earlier influences growing up? Uh, you know, I get that question a lot, and a lot of people would think, like, I would say, like, Rey Mysterio and, like, Juice and Thunder Liger. Those were all inspirations later on in my life. 
I grew up watching a lot of Mexican and Puerto Rican wrestling only because that's my culture. So, you know, I, I really didn't have a favorite of one of those guys until 1994 where I saw uh, the Royal Rumble. And the main match that I somebody had brought to me, it was actually my uncle, was the casket match, Yokozuna vs. Undertaker. That was my first introduction to American wrestling, and that blew my mind, like, tenfold. Uh, so, you know, obviously I was hooked to the WWF at that time. Now it's WWE. And guys that I actually like growing up are, like, guys that are not my size. Like Psycho Sid, Yokozuna, Doink the Clown, of course, The Undertaker, because he's the first person I ever saw, um, you know, growing up. But then later on, obviously, with the style that I like, the Cruiserweight, the Lucha Libre style, uh, you got you to gotta go with Rey Mysterio. But my favorite is actually Psychosis. Oh, awesome. That's great. That is, I, that is a really good I always said, I always said without Psychosis, there would be no Rey Mysterio. Exactly. And, and fast forward, without Averno, who is in now in AAA, there would be no Mystical or you know, the new Sin Cara or that character. Right. So, it, you know, there's a, you have to have a, a good base or somebody to play off of. You can't just be a superstar on your own. It's interesting because, like, you brought up, uh, I like how you pronounced the correct term, psychosis, because that's what psychosis. he... Psychosis. Yeah, psychosis. Uh, because uh, WCW had an amazing run of cruiserweights uh, that came through during 94 to 98, and it was a fantastic run, and it really uplifted you know, because back in the day, it was like we mentioned, you know, the big guys, you know, the guys are, you know, bigger than life. But it was great to see WCW kind of giving a spotlight to, you know, guys that are under 200 pounds, you know, uh, and uh, that's definitely had a big, a big, be a big influence on you when you started getting into the uh, into the industry. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, I actually grew up in Camden, New Jersey, uh, right across Philadelphia. And of course, Philadelphia is home to ECW. So I've seen guys prior to making it to, you know, I thought ECW was pretty big at that time as well. Like the Eddie Guerreros and Dimalenko, Psicosis, and Rey Mysterio, Conan, and all those guys. La Parca. Yeah. Uh, I saw all those guys before they even made it to WCW. And before they even made it to ECW, just because of, you know, the, the wrestling I was watching growing up. I knew of them. But once they became mainstream, it's like, wow, these are guys that mid-card guys in Mexico and, and Tijuana and Mexicali that are now, you know, superstars. Yeah, it's awesome because, like, when I was a kid, I I would tape trade a lot because I would, my dad... My Ooh, dad, I was just talking about this to somebody, tape traders, the <laughs> yeah, last of them. because my dad and I, how we got into wrestling was, my dad watched it forever, but, like, when we were kids, my dad worked a lot, so... He, I would only see him on Saturdays, and so we'd watch together. We'd watch Saturday night's uh, main event, and that's how kind of how we got into it and stuff. And then I started finding out about the independent independent programs, independent pro, you know uh, promotions. And then and then my friends are like, "Hey, dude, you got to see this like this lucha libre style. You got to see this stuff in Japan. It's gonna knock your socks off." And so he's like, "Here, here's the tape. My friend just went to, uh, I don't remember where it was. It was like uh somewhere in Monterrey. Does that sound right?" Um, he yep, went to Mexico. Yeah, he went over there and he's like, dude, they got some stuff down there. It's amazing. You got to check it out. And so he gave me a tape and I gave him some of my independent stuff and we tape traded through the mail, snail mail, mind you, like in the yep. mail, like old the old school way. Uh, kids nowadays have no idea what that is. But uh, I still send stuff through the mail all the time. Yeah. Like, I, I personally do like, you know, it's easier and more convenient to YouTube and you can YouTube anything from back in the day to now. But, you know, just something about having a hard copy. I was actually just talking about this with Rich Swan. Like, we used to, I mean, we're still fans, don't get me wrong. 
But like we would get super pumped when we were on a poster or a CZW or Chikar DVD. And like now that nostalgia is gone, nobody has DVDs anymore. I have the, I have a crazy DVD uh, collection and just from the years of trading tapes and doing things like that. And I've actually converted all my VHSs uh, to DVDs because my VHS player is actually it's, it's about to die on me. So I have to save those before, you know, those nice little art pieces are gone uh, for good. That is that is um, what you would call hardcore dedication. Yep. Transferring them from VHS to DVD. I have to do the same thing. Hundreds to. of tapes, so they just haven't done it yet. They're probably got you, man. I'm telling you, it's now. a good investment. Yeah, it's. I love. I also, you got you got to love too as a as a, someone in the industry being able to have something like the WWE Network that kind of has multiple programming, but you can also go back and watch the classics and see stuff like, you know, 205 Live. Like, you can go on there and watch that stuff uh, as a regular programming as well for people that are subscribers. Uh, you've got to love the, the WWE Network. The network, people forget that it, it's been around for a while. It's been more popular now for a while, but there used to be something called 24-7 mm-hmm. that you could get on, like, on demand, and that was, like, the very beginning of when wrestling started you know the the wrestling media started changing very slightly you couldn't pick what you wanted or anything it was every month they had their own selection and forced you to watch it but you know it caught on so well that it just made sense to make the network and invest in you know different medias and different content for that because guess what it's it's very affordable and for what you're watching it's like it's great you know, it used to be $60 a pay-per-view for two pay-per-views. You get all year of free pay-per-views and content. So the network has been a revolution game changer for the professional wrestling world. I definitely agree with that. And also, my son, he turned seven in March, and I finally got him into wrestling. It, it was a process because, like, he'd heard about wrestling for a while because, obviously, I always have it on. You know, I, I watch 14 hours of wrestling a week. No joke. Uh, and... And so he's like, Daddy, what is this? And I showed him NXT because, you know, I think NXT is a little bit more accessible. It's more about the matches and stuff like that. So I was doing play-by-play for him. And uh, so he's like kind of, you know, his favorite wrestler is Bobby Roode, actually. Uh, and he, he loves it now. He just watches NXT with me every week. And now I'm kind of showing him the, the ropes, so to speak, you know, the other programs as well, 205 Live and everything else like that. But he loves the High Flyers as well, like yourself. Oh, who doesn't? Everybody does. Yeah, <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned earlier uh, Shakara earlier, and how like you know that was a, a big like staple in your career to kind of launch and propel you, like uh, in the independent realms. Like, can you explain to people what that promotion was? Shakara uh, at that time when I first got into it, I got into it uh, really weird uh, training. I know I wanted to be a professional wrestler since you know I started watching wrestling, just like. You know, back in back then, I like to think of me and a, a crew of guys as the last of like the guys who've done the hustle and who were really like the very barbarics where we had to do the map quest to get to shows and you know we didn't have GPS and things like that. We I call us the MySpacers because that's how we would get bookings through MySpace. Now obviously, obviously everything's Facebook or emails, but. Um, so Chikara is a rendition of American style wrestling mixed with Lucha Libre. Uh, emphasis a lot on the characters and the story. Uh, not so much on the wrestling, even though the wrestling is a big part of the show. Um, a lot of creative characters, a lot of things that you know, inanimate objects that are 
characters. Uh, the stories are super detailed, and they all intertwine together from, you know, 2007, and something might pop up later on in 2013. Uh, you know, just things like that. Just like everything is a, it's it's as close to WWE as you can get without being WWE. That's how I would say it. Uh, great action, great characters. A lot of international flavors are uh, come in from Japan, England, Mexico. Uh, you know, just who's who of wrestling has been there or has trained there. Uh, guys like myself, uh, Chris Hero, who just recently broke the news that he's got signed by WWE. Uh, Claudio Castagnoli, who is Cesaro. Mike Quackenbush has even done a guest seminar at the PC as a trainer. Uh, Drew Gulak, who was the head tra- or one of the head trainers, now he's part of 205 Live. It's just like a plethora of people who've gone through Chikara are now in the WWE. So, no, Chikara in, in a nutshell is a comic book that came to life. That's awesome, because like I, I feel like especially with when we we have a big contingency, obviously of wrestling fans, and so like whenever we we talk about wrestling, people love to learn, and I always like to kind of leave it open up for for interpretation and for people to talk about their where they came from, and because everything influences you in some way, and I, I think it's really cool that uh, something like Shakara really kind of propelled you because you want to. Didn't you win like a tag title or something in Chikara? Uh, I won a couple of things, not so much a tag title. Uh, before I go into that, I would like to also say that Chikara, maybe not more recently, I haven't followed the product as much, but back when I was in there, it was really the PG version of an ECW. A lot of very fan interaction, uh, you know, felt very personable, um, you know, just a, just a fun time to be there. Uh, as far as like championships I've won, uh, not so much the tag team titles, the Campeonatos de Parejas, but I've won the King of Trios in 2008 after an injury scare, which was like a great comeback for me. And, you know, a couple of tournaments that they had, but they didn't really have a title to it. But, um, you know, my time there at Chikara was great. I made a lot of good friends, um, made a lot of good enemies. <laughs> but uh, at the same time, you know, it's made me who I, who I am today. I also have a a chip on my shoulder that I am the first Chikara homegrown guy to get signed by WWE, so that's kind of a big deal to me. Um, so, no, that's that's my story with Chikara. That's cool because, like, that pretty much everything that you learned um, from there, you went on and you've applied it, and you've, you know, like you said, you, you used to watch, like, the bigger guys, like the, you know, the big guys, and then you kind of applied it. One of my favorite wrestlers of all time uh, is Ultimo Dragon. Uh and, Ultimo Dragon. Yeah, he yeah, it's so he's amazing. He's uh, actually still wrestling now. He is. Yeah, he's like 50 years old and he's still wrestling. It's it's crazy. Like he's a he's great. He's gonna shape. be at a show in Cal. Yeah, he's gonna be at a show in California. Free publicity right here. Uh, APW. <laughs> everybody should check him out because you know, it, it's the last generation of those guys who, who inspired the new generation of guys today as far as the cruiserweights. So you know, get watch him at while you can. Um, it's cool too because like you know the generations changed a lot throughout the years because I felt like you know with with the WWE Network you can watch things on your phone on the go you can you don't have to wait till you get home you can actually just go on the bus or in the car and watch matches and catch up you know on pay per views and whatnot which is really neat uh, I want to I want to ask you about your time working with uh, Sin Cara oh Sin Cara is great I've actually worked with him in Jakara before he got signed he was the he was incognito at that time, and his story was that he was the original Mystical uh, before uh, CMLL had bought the name. 
uh, from really underneath his nose. I actually have a uh, a miss uh, well incognito. Uh, back back then, we used to have like business cards, and on that business card, it had like a little picture of us and our contact, or usually our emails and, and phone numbers. Um, so I remember on his card, it actually said the original mystical. So um, he's man, that guy is great. He gets it. He gets the lucha libre style, the American style, the WWE style. Obviously, look at where he's at. You know, he's very successful, making a lot of money, representing the lucha community very great. Um, very frequently strong guy for his size, uh, for a lucha guy. And, uh, you know, that's one bad lucha dude you don't want to mess with, I'll tell you that. Well, I would, I would be remiss if we didn't talk about the, the Cruiserweight Classic because that, that like, put a lot of people as whole household names, uh, especially, you know, in the WWE that yeah, wouldn't necessarily watch, you know, the, the independent circuits or the or even watch NXT. You know, this was something that the WWE really pushed, and, and it did really well. And uh, we got to see a lot of amazing performers, Rich Swan, I mean, yourself, uh, Grand Matalik, uh, Koto Hoon, uh, Ibushi, a lot of these people that may have not seen the, the Mexican Lucha Libre or the the IWJP, all that stuff, they may never have seen that stuff. They they kind of got fresh eyeballs on it. And I think it, you know, was a really exciting experience, not only for us fans that watch, you know, the outside promotions, but also for people that have never actually seen it before. I wanted to get your take on that whole experience. That CWC, man, Cruiserweight Classic was a life changer for everybody in the tournament, whether they were signed already or not. You know, the opportunity of the Cruiserweight Classic, 32 guys from all around the world, all different styles. Like, you can't go wrong. The, the, the matchups are endless of what you what you can do, or uh, the matchups. So, uh, you know, you can look at the tournament originally. A guy like me, like you said, not really a well-known guy. I had a little buzz on the indies, but not as much as, like, you know, a Zack Sabre Jr. or Rich Swan or, you know, Mascara Dorada, who is now Grand Mata League. Um, but, you know, you it's almost do or die. Like I had nothing to lose. And I actually was supposed to wrestle a guy named Zumbi who didn't show up for whatever reason. And they put me with Mustafa Ali, who I've wrestled before and we've had the craziest matches in the world. So when they put us together, you know, we had the shortest amount of time on the first round and my mentality. And I, I told him right before we went on, it's, Hey man, like let's go out there and let's get this job. And that was my mentality. Cause like I said, you can look around, the roster and say well they're gonna sign this guy they're gonna they really want this guy and you know i was kind of just like oh we got a little time slot let's fill it in but after that match you know everybody praised it very well i thought we had a very different style match than everybody else on that first round um you know just after listening to everybody and things like that and it was just a life-changing opportunity for everybody and uh you know i wouldn't be here if it wasn't for it well it's got to be like it's got to be like a uh, very surreal for you because like now you are, you got to, you actually got to go in a hell in a cell pre-show uh, and you teamed up with uh, Sin Cara and Cedric Alexander and you actually got to go against your former friend and mentor, uh, Drew Gulak, uh, Gulak. And, uh, and you got to, the audience got to see Aria Davari and Tony Nice. who Tony Nice, that dude is just insane. Like how strong this guy is. Like I was like, holy crap, this guy not is not not knocking Tony, great wrestler, great attitude, great athlete. But when you guy got it, when you when you have a guy like Neville who is a hundred percent well-rounded in everything, striking, aerial power, looks a million dollars. It's just there really is no comparison. 
Uh, Neville is a very strong athlete, trust me when I say that. He's not only great with his aerial assault, he's great with his power moves too. And I just found that out this Monday. Oh, yeah. That's true. Yeah, that's true, yeah. Because it, it's interesting too to see kind of like uh, the different, you know, different age gra- uh, gaps here because like you have someone like the Brian Kendrick who's been in the industry for a long, long time. And now it's kind of like he's paved the way. And then you, and then he wasn't there for a while. And then you had uh, Neville in there. The Neville kind of, you know, lighted a fire under everybody and got the the cruiserweights excited and then you had the you know your generation coming in that just really loves you know loves the sport and loves to entertain and it's not even really about the wrestling it's about you entertaining the people and, and giving people something to cheer about and dude we we all tweeted it you saw it the whole world exploded when he did that when i have to talk about it when he did when he did that handspring stunner like the internet was retweeting, someone made a gif of it and was just retweeting it throughout the internet. Man, that was amazing. Was that something you've done in the past, or is that just something that was on the fly that you just decided to do? So the story with that, I'll, I'll fast or uh, rewind a little bit. Uh, as far as like the age gap, there is a very big age gap. I mean, obviously somebody being 23, 24 as the youngest in our division, going up to you know 35 as the oldest or 36, I forget. Uh, But the thing that we have all in common, two things. One, we're so passionate about wrestling and you almost need that passion still. Some guys lose it, but you need that passion when you're putting these matches together and going out there and killing it because essentially we're still fans and that's how we see it. We're still fans employed by WWE having these matches. So what would I want to see in a match, especially now you have cruiserweight style. So that could be any style, high flying, hard hitting, submission based you know, grappling, everything. It's just like, it's like going to a sushi bar at uh, a hibachi. It's like, what do you want to order? Man, I want to order everything. So that's what, that's what the cruiserweight style is. And as far as that stunner goes, I was doing it for a while and, you know, on the independent scene, you could get away with a lot of stuff. Right. But one day I did it at NXT uh, at a house show, I think over in Lakeland. And that's a different, scenario is wrestling in front of 15 or 18,000 people weekly and that's that's mind-blowing to think about then later on when you're talking to some dudes and you're putting matches together and they're like oh is this where you're gonna put the stunner and that's where it just like came about like people uh associated it with me which was like great and now it's one of those things that you can almost hit out of anywhere um so it's a i mean it's a great move uh i pay homage to you know obviously stone cold steve austin who it you know did the stunner and so far, nobody has said anything to me or tell me to stop doing it. And until that case happens, I'm just going to keep doing it. Um, but, you know, I have no disrespect, obviously, to the man who, who made it famous. So uh, thank you, fans, for putting it over. Oh, man, I was I jumped out of my seat. And because you have to love Mauro Ranallo because, like, he, he, he just was like. He's the best. He's like, the new eight. He's the new Joey Styles. He's so good. He's our favorite, to be yeah, honest. We love him because he, he's all about the, like, calling. The, see, when I was a kid, I, I'll do a quick story on this. I had a memo book, and I used to write all the moves down, and I would learn the moves. And I'd learn, like, if there was, like, a Lucha Libre style, like a Tope Suicidas, you know, or whatever. I'd learn the moves, and then I would write it down in the, you know, the other alternative name. And I had this book, probably, like, two memo books full of, like, wrestling moves. So, like... I'm like I love watching the technical wrestling. So when when I saw Maranello call it immediately what it was, like I was calling it with him. I was like, oh, it's a headspring stutter, and I was like, Maranello called it the same. I had, I jumped out of my seat. 
I was I was I was marking out to you and Mar Renault at the same time. It was the coolest thing ever. He literally, I think him and Danielson or Brian Daniels did a very great job at CWC putting all the other guys over and just making it so much passionate. And it, like like I said, it reminded me of ECW because they were they didn't call they told stories, but they also called the moves, mm-hmm. which is a little bit like lost right now. But uh, you know, I understand why. But uh, he was. You know, I talked to him after that. The first time I did it, he saw it. He's like, whoa, that was crazy. One of the craziest things ever. Uh, and, you know, obviously, there's a lot of mechanics that go into it. A lot of people associate the handspring with Tajiri. Uh, and now you see a couple of guys do it, you know, on the Cruiserweights uh, or 205 Live. But, you know, like I said, it's no disrespect. It's just like these are guys we watch and emulated for years. And then we use their, um, you know, their arsenal and ours and made it our own. So, you know. Great move, great commentary, put it over. Um, I'm just glad everybody liked it. Now, I do have a question for you guys. Yes, sir. Let's see if you know. What is the original name of the front handspring in the ropes? Front handspring into the ropes? So, like, we call it the Tajiri, right? Because Tajiri does that into the back elbow. But what's the original name? I feel like I should know. I should know this too, <laughs> but I I, I, I am drawing, I am drawing a blank as well. What is before you say anything, I want to say it has something to do with the Great Buddha. Um, it did, but the name has nothing to do okay. with it. Okay, I'm, I'm stumped. What what is it's what called is the it's called the afterburner. Afterburner. Okay. Yeah. So I like I like calling things like by the original name. Like I'll never call and like I said, no dishes. But the RKO is not the RKO. It's not the diamond diamond cutter. It's the Ace Crusher because that's the first person I saw do it. So right, it's whenever, I, whenever we're talking about like moves and things like that, you know, well, some people will slip and say, "Oh, I'll do Tajiri." Like, "Oh, oh, the Afterburner." You mean? Oh yeah, that too. <laughs> it's the same thing. Well, it's interesting too because like you you modified uh, you you take the Shooting Star Press and turn it into a Centon as well, which is really like. It looks painful to both of you guys or whoever your opponent is, but like oh yes, I know, because <laughs> like you guys sell it really well, and I and I love it too because like that the shooting star press. I think a reason a lot of and you can correct me if I'm wrong. The reason a lot of people don't do it is because you you're not you feel like you're not as in control because you're flipping your body the opposite direction that it wants to go. Is that true? It, it's uh, yes. So what it is, it's if you're a physics guy. And I'm a, like I said before wrestling, I was a math teacher, so I had to do you know math, numbers, physics, and things like that. Uh, before I actually got well, before I got into teaching, I almost had a job at NASA doing projectory work, like sending missiles and, and rockets into space, which was crazy awesome. to think. But going back, this is the same idea where you you're essentially throwing your body forward. That's one that's one force, but at the same time, you're throwing your legs in the opposite direction. So it's like two forces going in the opposite direction to execute a move. And it's like, it really is very difficult to perform. That's why you see a lot of people like either not do it or if they do it, it's either clean or not clean. But, uh, you know, it's one of those moves that it's like, all right, it, you don't practice it. You just do it. Uh-huh. Kind of thing. Okay. Yeah, it's interesting because uh, for those at home, uh, Jushin Thunder Liger was the one that pretty much put it on the map he, uh, and really just 
made it popular. And uh, he even did some NXT work for a little while. Uh, yeah, he was and, on one of their takeover specials. Yeah, which is re- which is really cool. That you know, I think the WWE is doing a great job of bringing you know people like Tajiri, people like the Brian Kendrick, and also introducing the the new generation as well. I mean, you gotta love you gotta love the two hundred five live because that that made me excited. I, I when I heard that was happening, I was like, oh man, another platform for cruiserweights, fantastic. When you guys found out, we found out too. Yeah, we didn't know the cruiserweights were going to be on Raw until we watched Raw and Stephanie like, announced it. So it's like, and it's a good thing too because, you know, we have general emotions. We're, people forget that we're people too. And, uh, you know, like just to hear, like, hey, we're, we're bringing these cruiserweight guys to Raw, you're like, whoa, not only is like we're, go, we're, we're working for WWE, but we're going to be on Monday Night Raw. That's a pretty big deal uh, for, you know, guys like me who grew up, you know, me and Swan. I'm really good friends with Swan because we come from the same background. You know, we both had death of a parent or parents. We both grew up in the ghetto. Uh, we used wrestling as our escape uh, from our, you know, our everyday lives. And that's why me and him gravitate to each other. Me and him talk about this every week. For example, this past week, you know, after Monday, we're driving to the next town and I just looked over at him and I'm like, man, is it mind-blowing that we just shared a locker room with Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker? And he's like, dude, I know. It's crazy. And then we just, we're just silent for about 20 minutes because we're in awe. Like, man, we really did just share a locker room with The Undertaker and Shawn Michaels. Like, how many people can say that? It's no, not a lot of people. Man, I can hear the passion in your voice, too. It's awesome because, like you said earlier, it's all about the passion and how you – how much passion you have, you could, the, the the audience can see that tenfold, you know. And I, I think that's what's so great with with the cruiserweight, you know, the two hundred five live is the fact that all of you guys have your own specialties. You know, you, you they even bring it up really well in the cruiserweight uh, classic. How everyone has like their high flying, or they have their submission abilities, or they have their uh, the the uh, strong style ability. You know, they're very and like I think it's funny because the three people that really like got like for me that that really blew me away during the cruiserweight classic was of course you, but also TJP. Uh, I, I think he's like the second, like second coming of ultimate dragon. I think he does a lot of amazing moves like ultimate dragon. I think you are, I think you and him, like if you guys just would put on a show, I mean, I, I would love to see it. Cause you guys would just be like countering everything and, and doing, I mean, it would be just this amazing show to watch. Uh, and so, I also think you uh, can watch, you can watch a little preview on that. There's an NXT episode where I actually teamed with Mustafa Ali versus him and Ibushi during the uh, Dusty Rhodes Classic. So that's just a little taste of like me. Me and funny story is like me and TJ have never had a one-on-one match, but we actually were supposed to do something in another company when he was a Puma character um, and tag team, which a lot of people really wanted to see. But it was just you know. You know how wrestling is. Timing is everything. Sure. So it just wasn't, you know, it wasn't in the cards at that time. But now, you know, never say never. Anything can happen in the WWE. Well, that's what's so great about this is there's so many different dynamics that you guys all bring to the table. I mean, you know, it's you have someone like yourself that's high-flying that can do, you know, does a little bit of everything in the ring. You're strong. You can, you know, you, you I mean, you do the awesome handspring, the sentons. Uh, I mean, you got like the, the corkscrew somersault leg drop, which is uh, paying homage to psychosis uh, and uh, with your own little twist uh, to it. And uh, so you got, you're paying homage to the people that came before you and you're also innovating, you know, with your, your shooting star uh, senton. And like, it's just really awesome to see, 
whenever you get in the match together, that's what I think was the most exciting for the Cruiserweight Classic was it, it opened the door for people that hadn't watched uh, WCW like we did back right. in the day. Because when I love that documentary on, on Monday Night Wars on their network. The, yes, the, the that's Fly, the best episode. It's amazing to, to talk about, you know, La Parca and, you know, uh, uh, Cyclope and all these people that came in and, like, you're just saying, like, wow, this is crazy to see, like, all these people who pretty much, like, they were, I mean – God, they're doing yeah. the style. They're doing the style of today, yesterday. That's yeah. how I like to see it. Yeah, like that's the style now that people like. If you watch the indies, like that's that's the indie matches. Like everybody under two hundred pounds, or you even have some guys who are over two hundred pounds still doing the, the same similar style. But the the fact is, is like those guys paved the way for guys like me and the wrestling industry today. And it's great to work with guys now like Dean Malenko, who is a producer at WWE. And, you know, I can talk to him now as like a friend or co-worker, uh, you know, like a, a mentor. But at the same time, I could talk to him as a normal human being. And that's what he is, you know. And I I almost forget sometimes that like, man, like you used to wrestle Eddie Guerrero and uh, Rey Mysterio and just have these killer matches. And now I'm like working with you. Like, this is insane. This episode of the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce is brought to you by... Sci-Fi Bartow. Brought to you by Main Street Bartow. And of course, by the host, Lori and, and Sean Serdinsky. And of course, it's going to be Saturday, February 18th from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. in the beautiful downtown of Bartow, Florida. And of course, you've got special guest Scott Finster is going to be headliner. Rusty Harrell, which is a Star Trek expert. Joel D. Winecoop, our good friend, and a Jedi Knight Training Academy. Also, the 501st will be there in full force. You don't want to miss that. There's going to be 100 science fiction vendors live. Also, if you want to be a vendor, don't forget to go and check them out on Facebook at Sci-Fi Bartow if you're interested in being a vendor this year. Also, there'll be music. There'll be two costume contests. And there'll be a television-themed car show, which is over two blocks, including Knight Rider, Dukes of Hazard, General Lee, the Trans Am from Smokey and the Bandit, and the Pizza Delivery Truck from Toy Story. And of course, because this is Super Sci-Fi Barto, there'll be lots of superhero-themed motorcycles, and there will be a prize for the car show. Also, the Game Master Nick will be hosting television-themed game shows during the day, and there will be discussions all day and panels, including Doctor Who and Secret Celebrity Guests showing up from 11 a.m. till 8.30. Also, at the end of the night, they'll be showing Avengers on a two-story movie wall. You don't want to miss it. And also, if you want to bring the kids, it's a great event for the family. There's kids' activities, including bounce houses and rock'em, sock'em robots. And all the downtown businesses will be opening, selling delicious food, everything from coffee to sandwiches. You don't want to miss it. Who else is going to be there, Johnny? We're going to have Maria Saber of Gothic Sushi. We're going to have Michael Carey of Michael Carey's Fine Art, as well as Josh Bauer of JB Designs and AJ Productions. Come and see your boys at Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce live at Super Sci-Fi Barto 2017. Don't miss it, and it's totally free! This episode of the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce is brought to you by RetroGameTreasure.com Get real retro games for the old school consoles you love delivered to your door every month. 
They have consoles like the NES, Super Nintendo, Genesis, PlayStation 1, Game Boy, Game Boy Advanced, and more. Tell them the type of games you like and what games you already own so you don't get duplicates. You even get a wish list. It's not a rental service, and best yet, you keep the games. Use promo code HAPPYHOUR and save $2 off your first month. Learn more at RetroGameTreasure.com and don't forget to tell them that the Happy Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce sent you. You know, I, I would uh, be remiss if I didn't talk about Chris Jericho because that guy, is a, he's another example of someone that, like yourself, went and learned and went to the different promotions and went to Mexico, went to Japan, traveled around the world to kind of pick up, you know, different things. And like he, you know, he's doing the, the, the lion salt. You have something I think called the lynx, the lynx salt as well. Yep, and so, very like, similar. Yeah, very similar. But you guys, you know, you've learned that from like watching different people do it. And, and like, uh, you know, obviously it's a variation of the acai moonsault that, uh, you know, uh, Ultima Dragon has done. And like, and, and it's just amazing to see where even Ultima Dragon, you know, learned from the greats, K, you know, uh, K, uh, KG Mudo and, um, you know, and the, the other, you know, some amazing other. I'm, I'm getting drawing a blank. Like, uh, probably like guys like Tiger Mask. Tiger Mask, yeah. One of the variations. Cause there was a, a, a ton, like four or five of them. Yeah. So there's. I, a, I think any cruiserweight would be lying if you asked them, like, "Hey, who? Give me top five. I, I'll even be as bold and say that." And there would, I don't think there's not one cruiserweight or even guy on the independent scene or WWE who will not say that Chris Jericho's on that. Is. He's an innovator, uh, a groundbreaker for any guy, you know, who is deemed too small to make it. Uh, you know, he went from cruiserweight champion in WCW all the way to the first ever undisputed champion. Like you have to give credentials to a guy, you know, and, and props to a guy who said, oh, you're going to tell me no. Well, you know, I'm sticking up the birds right now. Like, I'm going to go ahead and do it. And then he does it anyway. Like. He, he's a guy who can take anything and reinvent himself. Like, let me get this piece of paper over. Now you're on the list. Like, <laughs> make it millions of dollars. What's next? He's going to go home to his garage and look around. Like, what can what else can I get over and not have to, you know, kill my body? Lawnmower. Let's make it happen. Like, yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. The guy is super smart, super talented, and he's the man. I'm he, sorry to say it. He's, he's, he's awesome. I mean, and I'm back, you know, because – it was interesting to me because you know back when he he was he was doing Smoky Mountain Smoky Mountain wrestling oh, before gosh. back you know with Lance, Lance Storm and like they were doing their thing and then he finally uh, June uh, 26 1996 uh, he moved he came over to WCW and I, I remember like you know he was he was you're, missing, you're missing a whole big part of his career man like ECW oh no, well, yeah great. ECW too yeah you got to well you got to talk about him in Mexico that's where I originally saw him mm-hmm. uh, Corazon de Leon he was a big star in CMLL. You sure. know, fans loved him. Then, he, of course, he goes to Japan in 95 to do the Super J Cup, which is probably one of my favorite tournaments of all time, a who's who of wrestlers ha- are in that tournament. And then he goes to ECW and then goes to WCW. Now he's on the top of the WWE. Like, this guy has feuded with the likes of Stone Cold, The Rock, uh, you know, Hogan, Flair, like – not only cruiserweight, it's like he, he can have a, a great match with anybody and tell great stories. 
Yeah, it's awesome to see. You know, even like Eddie Guerrero. You know, he was he was actually he was a mask wrestler as a, the Black Tiger mask. Uh, and I remember that. You know, even back when he was doing stuff with Art Bar, the um, Gringos Vocals, yep, baby. Yep, it's some great stuff. Oh, yeah. And and like it's great to see that division. Also, you got to give a big shout out uh, to Mike Tenay too, because that guy, oh. he, he was the original guy, the original professor. I learned a lot of moves from him because like he would just, now a guy like Chris Jericho is still around and, you know, having amazing matches. Can you imagine a guy like an Eddie Guerrero who is like still could be performing to this day, the matches that he would be having and the people he would be having with. That's another conversation I, I had this week. And it's just like, mind blowing to think like what would wrestling be if like you know this guy was still around or that guy was around or this guy was in the company still like it's just mind blowing and just to think like and that's why things like the WWE 2K17 games and like all of these you could relive those or recreate those or even create those uh but it's not the same you know that but yeah. you know it's wrestling is right now in a great transition it's becoming pop culture again people know I forget what song I just heard, but John Cena's in it. Like it used to be the Hulk Hogan's. Now it's John Cena. Like it, it's everybody knows wrestling, no matter what they like it or not. It's pop culture. It, oh, absolutely, and and also it's 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 cool to see, like when you when you have someone coming out that you don't know. You know, they might have been big over, over you know, in other promotions or, you know, like Chris Hero, you know, obviously rebranded as Cassius Ono. Um, like having him come and like, I mean, you really get this awesome like feel because your WWE is doing a great job of bringing in people that have all this, you know, real world experience and coming in and being like, you know, what, I'm going to I'm going to take you under my wing, you know, and, and and I've heard a lot of great stories. People said the same thing about Dusty Rhodes, like when he came over and. You know, he he was kind of just like the big brother, the, the big dad, you know, the, the father you didn't have or whatever. And like the, you know, that he was just awesome to be able to kind of show you the ropes and, and the not only, you know, in the ropes, but the site, because a lot of it's psychology. It's all it's a lot very mental uh, when it comes to that. Uh, act like I know what I'm talking about here. I haven't been. <laughs> but I, I look at it from more of a psych psychology standpoint, uh, like Chris Jericho, for example, he can sell anything. And like just watching him in a ring and how he's able to sell, but he also lifts you up. He he also protects you and he lifts the other performer in the ring. He makes them look strong. He makes you look strong, and he makes himself look strong. And uh, and that's something that you you know it's just years and years of dedication to you know your sport. And I felt like with with the two hundred five live. I mean, I I'm excited to see where that goes and see you know see you guys all of you guys are really bringing something fresh to the table, and I, I'm just. I'm super excited for you guys. I mean, we and also me, me and Sean are have affinity for mass wrestlers because we collect masks and stuff. So like, we obviously you and, and Grandmanta Leak, we were like our eyeballs were on you at first because we were like, oh my gosh, absolutely, we love mass wrestlers. Like I, I, I just love that stuff. Like I, I, I like Ray Mysterio. Like one of my favorite matches of all time. Like top five is nineteen uh, nineteen ninety six. Halloween Havoc, uh, Mysterio, Eddie Guerrero. Yeah, exactly. Yes. It's it's one of the best matches yeah. I've ever seen to this day. It, it it told a story, and I think truly great wrestling tells a story, you know, and it it gives you emotion and it, just the way he was ripping and tearing at the mask and at his costume, and he was coming in with with his uh, Topi Conhilo and just flipping and, and making him look powerful, but also uh, Rey Mysterio coming in and and you know the little guy, you know the the never die attitude and and just never say die attitude coming in and being able to you know uh i don't know it was just fantastic and that was one of my favorite matches of all time and just and i think it influenced a lot of people and also changed the industry too because people like chris jericho were like hey 
I think I should probably do a heel turn here and uh, really kind of change changes as well. And Chris Jericho knew when to change with the times as well. And and I feel like WWE is doing a great job of really giving the fans what the, what, the, what they want. You know, with a uh, you know, obviously, obviously the United Kingdom Championship coming up too as well. So this getting, weekend, actually, th- this weekend. So like getting getting the whole world involved. You know, it's it's fantastic. It's got to be at a you know fun time. We're geeking out here. Sorry, we like to ramble. We we're geeking out here because we love we love. Out. I'm geeking out. <laughs> we, we do you not you hear me rambling about? Yeah. I'm, like I said, I'm so passionate about wrestling, and I just wanted to thrive. Uh, like I could talk hours and hours about wrestling. I love it. It's it's my my I have a question for you with like and you're you're you said you don't get you don't get to like practice a lot you said just because you're you're on the road and, and going back and forth and stuff like how do you prepare yourself like physically and mentally when you're when you're trying to you know stay on the road mentally I mean like I do a lot of like meditation a lot of sleep on the planes that's usually where I get my sleep honestly I get guys envy me on the planes because I can literally sit down and be out in like two minutes that's like awesome that. sounds like me. Uh, <laughs> I do a lot of stretching, you know, like wrestling is very grueling. It's not everybody could do it or else everybody would do it. Um, you know, I spend a lot of years training, perfecting my craft. Uh, usually now because we're on the road about four days a week, actually six days a week uh, with NXT live events as well. Um, you know, it's really hard to, you know, to train. So try to get to shows early, set up the ring early, roll around, try to do some stuff. A lot of studying tapes, you know, I know my body and my limitations and I know who I'm working with. Um, so it's kind of like, you know, a give and take kind of thing. But, uh, you know, hopefully we find that we just all started. So we're all finding our routines, our workout routines, our training routines, our family time, our things like that. You know, your personal time. So it is very difficult. But at the same time, you know what you're signing up for, um, you know, just from hearing stories from other guys who've been there or who are there. And, uh, you know, it's a learning experience, and I love learning uh, about everything, whether it's wrestling or, you know, history or math or, you know, any, anything that I can learn, I'm constantly learning something, and I love it. That's awesome, and I, and I feel like, you know, you are kind of like the, the new generation, if you will, the, the new pioneers, you guys, uh, your division is just like is showing the world something that you know this new generation probably hadn't seen before and and, it, and people are eating it up i mean social media is blowing up i mean uh, mara ranello has been an amazing inter- I, I love him in the wwe I, I think he's like you said he's he's like this generation's uh uh joey styles uh, joey styles yeah and I, I feel like he's great he's passionate you you want to hear what he has to say but he's also knowledgeable he teaches you moves the first time i heard him call a frankensteiner i flipped out i was like i haven't heard someone call a frankensteiner which is like the 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 uh the corner of, uh, Hurricane Rana. I haven't heard someone call a Frankenstein or a Frankensteiner since I think uh, Mike Tenay. I wow. it's been so, a long, such a long time. Well, you also remember it was also usually um a move that was used after an Irish whip as well. That's true. Yeah, so it was always yeah. out of the corner. Yeah, I remember the first time I saw I was a kid and Scott Steiner um just unleashed on one of the Samoan SWAT team members. And I just was, I just couldn't speak for about 20 minutes. My mouth was just hanging open. My mom was asking me, are you okay? I'm like, uh-huh. <laughs> oh, she's like, what's wrong? I'll explain it later. <laughs> I was yeah. like eight years old. Because there's no, there's no TiVo at that time, so you no, can't No, I'm like, go away. I'll but talk yeah, to you that, over. that's one of the moves that is like, you know, it's a ri- it's an original um, lucha move. It's actually called in Mexico, La Raca, or it's the Herc. Uh, uh, now I'm drawing it back blank the hurricane, hurricane ramirez uh, you know his, his old move um and it's one of those things like 
it could either it, one it's pronounced wrong all the time because people always say head scissors or you know frankenstein or frankensteiner is between the legs uh or you throw the guy uh head scissors is you know out of a sidewalk slam right uh, but um it's one of those moves that like it's, it's going to be either really pretty looking or it's going to look devastating and that's what i like about it, it just it depends who takes it and who delivers it um and i actually sometimes use it as you know my finish uh, because, you know, you can hit it out of anywhere, like you said, like off an Irish rip and you jump up and catch the guy or a corner, or, you know, anything like that. So it's one of those cool things like like how you say if once you see it or the first time you see it, you're just like in maze because it's two guys working together to counteract each other. But at the same time, perform this amazing looking, beautiful move. Well, I always feel like, you know, you, you, you push each other to your limits because, like, and, and you make each other better because, like, that's why I love when, you know, Psychosis and Rey Mysterio, like, uh, an, another match I loved was 1996 Bastard of the Beach. We, we all know it for the WWE, the NWO oh, yeah. turn, but their match in that in that Bastard of the Beach match was just insane because Mike Tanay was throwing out all kinds of, like, moves from Japan, and they brought him in as, like, an analyst that night, right? And, like, he was just calling all these moves, and they were, like... Like Tony Schiavone's like I have never heard anyone call that move before, and like it was just so great because you you were learning as an audience, and I I, I was I was I I was like getting my memo pad and I was writing down all these names and and you know knowing what a plancha is as a verse to uh you know a uh, flash yeah exactly so like there's different things and and I was just really really excited. I challenge everybody to check out the original match that was probably uh, televised or recorded between uh, Rey Mysterio and Psicosis. Uh, 95, the Super J Cup, right before the main event, they put that exhibition on uh, to give the guys time to, you know, rest for the main and things like that. And just to hear, you know, obviously a lot of people don't know Japanese or you could pick up a little bit, but just to hear the, the announcers go crazy because Japan has never seen this style of two masked guys, the Lucha Libre style, the way that they executed it. And it's a great match. And it's actually one of the matches that was a uh, uh, match of the night contender for that tournament. Uh, and it wasn't even advertised. So like the fans there uh, got a really great taste of the Lucha Libre style and a good surprise as far as match wise. Um, so I would recommend anybody to check that out. Uh, it's 95 Super J Cup. War presented it. Rey Mysterio versus Cicosis. Definitely check that out. Um, is there anything else that you have, Sean? Um, quick. I got something real quick. Um, with the announcement, the announcing team on 205 Live, how do you feel about um, Austin Aries being a part of that? As well as he has made his, I believe he's made his intentions known that he wants to be part of 205 as a performer as well. Yeah, why, I mean, why wouldn't you? If you're in the weight class and you want to perform with the best athletes in the world and test yourself, you know, that's where you want to be and that's where you need to be. And a guy like Austin Aries is bringing star power. Guy is well-known around the world, a world champion everywhere else. Um, you know, and he's going to challenge everybody and push everybody here when he makes his return shortly. So, um, you know, I'm very excited to wrestle a guy like an Austin Aries. Only because, you know, on the independent scene, you've seen him, you've seen him on TV at other promotions in NXT, and you know the guy can perform. You know the guy can draw uh, emotion from the fans and from, you know, yourself. And he's just as passionate as everybody else in the 205 um, group. So for somebody like an Austin Aries to, you know, join the force, I think it's going to be a great uh, 
interaction and great uh, storytelling for everybody. And I love him as a as a heel announcer too. I think he's great. I think he's he kind of reminds me of old uh, Bobby the Brain Heenan a little bit. I I, I really yes. really I really really love his heel commentary. It's yeah. it, it makes me chuckle. And he, does, he does channel his inner Bobby a lot because you, he he he's attacking yep. the the obvious things like right. you know he's. No, I wouldn't say racist, but it's quite borderline at sometimes. But it's done in a tasteful way. Almost. Yeah, it's it's really, really he's really, really entertaining. I can't wait to see what he does. You got to push the envelope a little bit. You, you know? do, you do. And you know what else? I've, you got to push go is you have. We, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about Inked and Geeked 2017. That's going to be March 16th and the 19th at the Bradenton oh, yeah. Area Convention Center, and that's going to be an amazing event. And guess what? People people can see you there. I will. I will be there actually getting a tattoo done. Oh, sweet. Uh, I'm a bit, I love tattoos. Uh, I actually got a tattoo done by Simbo D. I don't know if anybody remembers him or uh, Kazarni. He did my Lucha Libre mask tattoo. I'll probably Kizarni. send out a tweet. Yeah, I'll send out a tweet uh, to show you guys. It's actually my favorite tattoo uh, just because of the colors and obviously it's the Lucha Libre uh, culture and things like that. Um, I, I would be lion if i didn't say i was a geek too because i have a pokemon tattoo i have a couple actually i'm a big pokemon fan uh um, i think we all are really you know, yeah we all are <laughs> so, so actually the person who got me and uh, you know hooked up with that uh started a pokemon tattoo for me but i got signed and you know my schedule was so busy i couldn't get it finished i'm hoping to get it finished soon but uh yeah i'm, I'm very interested in uh that event because i will be getting a tattoo and it'll probably be, you know, obviously all my tattoos mean something to me, but I'll probably design something and collaborate with, um, you know, the artists to create something great. And that will always remind me of, you know, the the cruiserweights or like that's that's my uh, hope for that tattoo. Uh, just recreate something cruiserweight, pay homage to the guys, you know, who paved the way and just have a killer, killer art piece on me. Yeah, it's awesome, too, because I, I, I think. Like my wife has a couple of tattoos now, and like I'm, I'm wanting to get one this year too. It's like it's awesome because it's like an extension of who you are. It, it's, it's like a symbolism as well. Um, or it could just be something really cool that you get. But like it's a part of who you are, uh, and you get to display that. You know, you get to wear that. You know, that symbol all around the world. And especially if you're, you know, performing and you've got all these millions of fans watching you, it's kind of neat too to kind of get that symbol out there to, to everybody uh, as well who's watching at home. And I. I'm excited for Inked and Geek too, because I mean it's gonna be a great event. I mean there's gonna be obviously uh, several tattoo artists there. There's gonna be comic books. There's gonna be burlesque shows, uh, cosplay contests. There's gonna be live music. It's it's just a great great event that people need to go check out. It's gonna be March 16th and the 19th at the Bradenton Area Convention Center. Big shout out to Gothic Sushi Maria Saber who. Uh, you know, helped us get yep. hooked up with you. I mean, and Deuce will be there as well, uh, representing the happy hour with Johnny and Deuce brand. So you'll get to meet Deuce and everything there as well. But, I mean, thank you so much for, you know, it's, yes, a, it's been you. like an hour and you spent, I mean, it flew by. I mean, we obviously we, we're passionate as you are with the industry and we just love talking to people that are just as passionate about being in the business. And we just uh, appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to, to join us on the happy hour with Johnny and Deuce. No, man, thank it, It's my honor. It's my pleasure to, you know, be on this. It was great. You know, I could talk to it about wrestling with the guys and everybody else, but uh, to get that story out there and just show people that, you know, we are human beings as well. Um, and we are passionate about wrestling. And, you know, we do listen to the fans, whether they're like cheering us or booing us for whatever reason. 
I love, I love, I love like going on Twitter and like seeing all the hate stuff. Like to me, <laughs> it just, I'm, I laugh about it, but it, you know, it, it doesn't hurt my feelings. I know it hurts some of the other guys, but at the end of the day, like they're still watching wrestling, so I don't care. <laughs> you know, they're still paying uh, the, for the network. They're still paying to go see us wrestle, whether it's we're the draw or not. Uh, so they're still supporting. So they, everybody's entitled to their own opinion. And that's the great thing about wrestling and America, like, you know, freedom of speech. So go ahead, man. Keep sending the, the good tweets. Keep sending the hate tweets. I love it. Well, you got to let us know when those Lindsay Dorado masks were up for sale, man, because, I mean, day one purchase. Yeah, totally, we're, pre- totally we're pre-ordering wild. those things, man. No joke. Like, we, we, we have several masks, like, in our collection, and we just I, love the masks. Absolutely. You guys know I make my own stuff. Oh, do you? I was not aware. I did not know you make your own stuff. I make my own masks. I make my own uh, capes and, like, my own tights. I used to make a couple other people's stuff. Uh, So just the problem is just finding the time. But, you know, I love making stuff all the time. So, you know, we could could exchange texts and emails, you know, try to coordinate something. I'd love to make you guys something. I actually just just posted uh, for 2K, the people who made the 2K17 game. I made a mask for their office, and you know, I just posted that, and it was pretty funny. It was pretty cool to like see them work in it. So that's awesome. It's kind of you know, surreal. <laughs> that is awesome, man. Like we're we're so stoked, and um, good luck to you guys at the two hundred five live. And if any of them ever want to be on the happy hour with Johnny and Deuce, and you're like, hey, they they got a free moment, you know, send them our way. We'd love to have them on and to and to talk about what they're doing and stuff. Absolutely, we'll do, bro. Awesome. Uh, anything else you want to tell the listening audience at home? Hey, man, just keep supporting wrestling, both the independents and obviously WWE, uh, because, you know, that's becoming the mainstream right now. Anybody that you loved watching on the independent scene is now eventually going to be in the WWE. Don't get me wrong. Uh, you know, keep supporting everybody. Keep supporting all types of wrestling. And, you know, like, just invest. That, I, that, that's my big thing like don't ever forget about the old old is new again and you know thank you guys for the support uh you can follow me on twitter at luchador ld you can follow me on instagram at lindsay underscore dorado i still have a pro wrestling tea store you guys can purchase shirts from uh my email i i give out my email only because you know i love interacting with fans whether it's twitter instagram or email and like i said good things bad things i really don't care um i'll answer usually everybody Unless you're being a douchebag, but um, <laughs> even even then, you know what? I'll answer those just because I think it's funny. But um, you know, my email is perfect10ld at gmail dot com, uh, the original perfect ten. But um, <laughs> say, someone might come after you for that one. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's all right. I, I talked to him about it. It's uh, we're we're all good. But uh, yeah, like you know, just peace, love, and lucha libre. That's that's my motto. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, yes, the Golden you. Links, Lince Dorado. Check him out yeah, on the man. WWE, the the 205 Live. Anywhere he's going, he's going to be there and, and putting on a great show. And also check him out at Geek to Nink 2017. And, of course, that was uh, the amazing Lince Dorado. Um, I mean, class act. Yeah, totally. Um, probably of all the interviews I've been a part of with you guys, it's right there at the top. Yeah, man. Like Super he, friendly guy, down to earth. He doesn't seem like to let the fame get to his head, even though he's not a top-tier guy at the moment, but he's getting there. Yeah, man, and he's he's got incredible in-ring acumen. I mean, the dude's worked his butt off to get, you know, to where he is, and, like, I've just I, – we're – I mean, also, like, we like for, for those at home, like, we're not joking. Like, Sean hooked me up with two of my first masks, 
and I'm in. I, it's like it's like getting a I'm tattoo. I'm like on four. Yeah, I, w- <laughs> I want more. I want more now. It's oh yeah, like, me you too. got the lightning kid one. What's his? I'm. In, oh, I have uh, the Pegasus kid. Pegasus one, kid. Which is the yeah. Chris Benoit yeah. mask. Yeah. What's his awesome? I got a blue blazer mask. Yep. Um, the white tiger mask. The white tiger the, mask. The opposite of your yellow. Yep. And a really nice pink Sinkara mask. Nice. That's and awesome. like a mankind mask, but it's cheap. But that's that's so super cool. So, uh, but yeah, big shout out to uh, Lindsay Dorado. Go see him at, like we said, at the Geeked and Inked 2017 at the Bradenton Area Convention Center, uh, and it's gonna be an awesome event. Deuce is gonna be out there. Yeah, um, I, I might actually go down there so too. Sean might be out there, uh, and also go to go to Grapple Maniacs too, because we're gonna be sharing the heck out of this uh, all over the internet, and we're uh, gonna be sharing this on the Grapple Maniacs. Yeah, we're currently pushing towards 140 members right now. Wow, that so, many! That's awesome. Like it's it's a private group, but I look at all the all the um, people who are asking permission to come in. Um, I do check to see if you're a fake account, and a lot of them right. have been, so I ignore them. So if I get ignored, I think it's good to keep. If it. I ignore you and you're legit, just message me. I'll get it at some point, and I'll fix the problem. Right. So uh, definitely go and grab maniacs. Check it out. Um, and how do you spell grab maniacs? That's G R P P L E M A N I A C S. G R A P P L E M A. It's all one word. Yeah. M A N I A C S. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Definitely. Um, just go send us a message. We'll we'll we'll, we'll uh. Yeah, add you can you also if you can't do anything on there. You can hit me up on Twitter at yep. the Graphomaniac. Easy to find. Do that as well. And also, we also want to give a big shout out to Deuce. We know you're home recovering. Um, I mean, he is. Uh, we definitely miss you, and uh, we'll, we're excited that you're going to be at uh, Geeked and Inked. Yeah, um, man. So that's going to be a really cool event. So definitely uh, hope, wish you a speedy recovery. And uh, anything else, Sean? Anything else on the on the docket? Uh, I think uh, Lindsay said it best. It's peace, love, and lucha libre. Yeah, I like that. They Maybe should have too. that on a shirt, actually. I think they you should, You might too. have it as pro wrestling Probably, t-shirt. Probably. Oh, we're going to go check. No joke. Go to, check out prowrestlingtees.com. And see his, see his uh, store. Yeah. And, of course, uh, right now. that's how you find out their information, but how you find out the happy hour Johnny and Deuce. You can go on the old Twitter machine, at HH Podcast Show. You can go on Facebook.com forward slash Happy Hour Podcast. But also, we have some a couple of amazing people we want to let you know that are coming uh, soon uh, to Sci-Fi Barto. Uh, we have some awesome people. Uh, Michael Carey Art uh, is a good friend of ours. Congratulations. They just had their beautiful baby girl. Uh, oh, so big congratulations to I wasn't aware. His, him and his wife, Elaine. They had just had their beautiful baby girl. Um, she gorgeous she's so beautiful so congrats to you both well they're both uh, very pretty people they are they make pretty babies they have their uh, daughter aurora i mean they're they're an awesome family uh great friends of ours great friends of the show uh you can find michael carey art at michael carey art.com that's m-i-c-h-a-e-l-c-a-r-e-y-a-r-t.com he does this amazing like fine art he does custom commissions uh he'll be at sci-fi bartow which is gonna be amazing uh, which is hosted by Lori and Sean, uh, Lori and Sean Sardinsky. It's going to be an amazing event. Uh, definitely go check that out, uh, the links and everything like that. But definitely check out Michael Carey Art. Also, our good friend, another artist, uh, Josh Bauer, JB Designs. Uh, that's J-B-D-E-Z-I-G-N-S. Go check out his work, too, as well. He's got this amazing, very series that he's putting out, which is some of my favorite works that he's done recently. And Sci-Fi Barto is going to be one of two shows that he's doing in 2017. The other one's going to be Tampa Bay Comic Con, so you definitely need to check it out. And now, as well, you can find him on all his social media and his online shop at joshbauerartist.com and facebook.com forward slash J-B-D-E-Z-I-G-N-S. 
on the old Facebook. And, of course, when you're talking about the happy hour with Johnny and Deuce, there's not one, not two, but three ways you want to put in your social media of choice. And that is hashtag happy hour podcast, hashtag HH podcast show, and hashtag deuces on the loose. Peace, love, lucha libre. Exactly. <laughs>